Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. Out in the crowd, I just see a bunch of lovely saints that are just, God loves you so much. Uh, My spiritual dad always says, if if the Lord had a, a refrigerator in heaven, your picture would be on it. <laughs> Did you know that you're his favorite? Well, how could we all be his favorite? That's how big his heart is. We're all so significant to him. In fact, Jesus said that the Father knows every hair on our head, and he counts them. He has them numbered. Well, of course, he knows everything. Well, Jesus wasn't talking about the omniscience of God. He was talking about the value that you have. He said, look at the birds of the air. Aren't you more valuable than they? Amen. So good to see you. Y'all look really good. Look at the person next to you. Say, you look good in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Don't get carried away. Don't get carried away, man. All the young single people saw a couple dudes winking at a girl. Come on now. Save that for something else. Save it for a date, but you better ask permission, especially if it's my daughter. All right, we're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I want to read verse 11. I'm going to read in the NLT, then we're going to read another verse in Romans 8, and then we're going to go for it, and I just want to minister the word to you. Thank you, Father. First service, there was no message. It was about five minutes we prayed for healing. People got healed. We heard some wonderful testimonies. And who is, was anyone here first service? Raise your hand. We have a couple double dippers. You know, Judas was a double dipper. Just saying. Jesus said, he who dips his bread. No, I'm just playing. Not that kind of double dipping. So who, who just doesn't like to eat from a guacam, a community guacamole, but they need their own on their own plate. Anybody like that? There's some people that are like, yes, yes, Lord, hmm, come on, the pastor knows. All right, let me try not to get off track here. So uh, we didn't have a sermon for service, but we don't have a super tight time limit on this one. So I'm going to go, if you, can you guys give me about 25 minutes and just go for it? All right. All right. I want to encourage you, want to bless you today. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Are you all ready? When I was a child... I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Are you thankful for maturity? Now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. You know that God knows you completely? God knows your identity way better than you know your identity. His words framed the world and created everything. By the word, the Logos, Jesus, and his word, he sustains all creation. But the word Logos means the framework the logic, the wisdom, the framework in which all things consist. Just think about that for a minute. Now, if his word, 
created everything in the cosmos, the billions of galaxies, right? All the beautiful things that we see just on this planet alone. His word is that powerful. Maybe we should listen to what he says about our life. We should listen to what God says about who we are. He knows us completely. Say it out loud. He knows me completely. He knows me completely. completely. Sometimes it is, though, we're like still dealing with things, childish things. There's a difference between childish and childlike, by the way. Childlike is good. It's posturing your heart in humility and and, uh, receiving from the Lord, being teachable. Childish is simply immaturity, things that we need to, you know, outgrow. But Paul says here, he says, sometimes it's like looking in a reflection and it's puzzling. It's, if you will, it's almost like a, imagine a, a mirror that's fractured and you look in it and it's like, have you ever looked in a fractured mirror? Spiritually, I think sometimes we look in a fractured mirror and we don't see who we really are. I remember one time the Lord uh, just gripped my heart and he said, I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to say, you're a beloved son. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, God, but I haven't been acting like a son. He's like, your behavior doesn't determine your identity. Your identity determines your behavior. And he's like, you're so concerned about making the garden look so pretty that you won't get, let me get to the root and pull out things from the root so that you can bear more fruit. I remember the Lord gripped my heart. He said, would you look in the mirror and just with confidence look at yourself and say, you are a beloved son made in the image of God. Man, y'all need to just, when you get up in the morning, look at yourself in the mirror and just say, made in God's image. His beautiful creation. His beloved son and daughter. Sometimes we look in a fractured mirror and it's confusing. It's, we look in, and each crack could represent Rejection, pain, hurt, abandonment, bad choices that we've made in life, lies, bondages, things that we believe about ourselves. Sometimes it's because we're looking at a fractured picture of God. We're not looking at Jesus who revealed who the Father is, that God is not just some like Zeus-like lightning bolt holding, waiting for you to think one impure thought. I think if that was the case, we'd all be gone. But God is a loving Father that revealed His love in and through Jesus Christ at Calvary through the resurrection and the ascension and the session, sent His Holy Spirit. And, but why? why? Like, why do we need the Holy Spirit? Can I just, I'm so glad you asked that question. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit helps us look into the mirror that God gave us, not the fractured mirror. Jump over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 in the New King James Version Uh, This is a beautiful chapter about the culmination of redemption. And uh, I want to read verse 30 or verse 26. Likewise, Romans chapter 8, verse 36 in the New King James. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we don't know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. 
I love the Holy Spirit. I love the gifts of the Spirit. When I got saved, I was raised Catholic. And so going to a service like this one, where people lift their hands and celebrate, and it was all new to me, but I loved it because I felt like, hey, if God's worthy of praise, we should express it back, you know, if we've truly been set free, delivered. And, and the scripture is just full of descriptions of what worship and praise looks like. The Bible says, praise the Lord with the symbols, praise the Lord with the dance, praise the Lord with the shouting, praise the Lord with different instruments. And, but the Holy Spirit to me was like, you know, I feel the Holy Ghost, you know, and it was he, first of all, the Holy Spirit is a person. In, in a lot of understanding of church, though, it's like, well, we experience the Holy Spirit, and it's like a goosebump or a gift or people speak in tongues or prophesy. And those are gifts that proceed from the gift of the presence of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. But what's the primary work of the Spirit in our life? He helps us in our weaknesses. Well, what does that mean? Is there anyone in this church that says, I got just a few weaknesses, right? Okay. Um, if you didn't raise your hand, lying is your weakness. Okay. You just... <laughs> totally exposed before God. Nothing is hidden from his sight. But I want to talk to you today about this puzzling, this conflict that we find ourselves in sometimes. And this uh, is, I think it's, it's a good message for especially those that got baptized today. It's a message about your identity. It's a message about who God is and who you are. And, and God knows who you are. And so we need to start believing what he says about us. And this is an ongoing process. I mean, there's times I think, you know, like we, we feel like, man, I guess I'm really not who God says I am. Or, or maybe our, we have a momentary lapse and we forget who we are. And then God reminds us, no, we're beloved, we're accepted. And then it sets us back on the path of just being in communion with him, which is what we were designed for. So the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Now, before we go to the next couple of verses here that I'm going to actually close with, I want to tell you a story. Is there anybody in the house who's been delivered and set free by things in their life? Um, is there any people in the house that uh, had, had a hard time in school because you used to fight and get in trouble like that? Anybody in the house? Okay. Well, we are definitely related. Um, I got kicked out of like three different high schools. I went to, actually, I got kicked out of one junior high school. Um, this is before Christ. If you're already judging me, okay. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So I got kicked out of junior high and went to um, the bad kid school. I, can I just tell you, I love the bad kid school, man. Of course, every once in a while, someone get punched in the mouth right in front of me, you know. Um, there's a lot of fighting and stuff. But you know what was cool about the bad kid school? Uh, in, in my city in Las Vegas, it was called Washington Opportunity. That was the Bad Kids School. And I went to Washington Op, we called it, and I love the Bad Kids School. I'm going to tell you why. We only got homework once a day, five days a week in each class. We had five classes. Friday, no homework. So on my, I'm like, I'm going to get kicked out of every school and go to the Bad Kids School, man. Who, does anyone love school? God have mercy on your soul. I don't love school. So I was like that kind of kid, right? And God got a hold of my life, transformed me, but the Lord's still working on me. And uh, just shortly after, um, you know, I find myself at times wanting to, I, I, you know, I get saved, I get sanctified, I get filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. But I still have a conflict in, going on. Sometimes there's turmoil. Sometimes I don't know who I am. 
And, and there's times I just want to lay hands on somebody. And I ain't talking about prayer. Come on, somebody. I know some people are in here actually honest with themselves. And the Lord sees you when you be driving and someone cuts you off. You're like, son of a beep. You don't say it because you're a Christian. You just beep. It's Christian cussing. You censor yourself. <laughs> you don't even use the bird. It's the, it's the pinky. Pinky promise. I, I love you in Jesus' name. There's this time, I can tell you a few stories, but there's this one time my kids were little and um, I was rolling and, and these dudes were tripping on me, right? And I don't care if it's three guys. I'm like, dude, I've fought more than one person before. Like, I'm going to take them down. That's what I'm thinking. And uh, these guys cut me off and we're driving and they're like throwing, they threw a cigarette at my car. I'm like, all right, threw a drink at my car. I'm like, all right, dude, no, it's going down. So we pull over and, and which was at the time, a very stupid mistake that I made. Um, and I'm young, and I'm actually fairly newly married at the time. My, my wife is with us. She's in another car, but she sees what's happening and uh, thankfully pulls over. And so I get out, and just we just start fighting, you know, break a pinky on the guy's head, and, and, and we're fighting. It's going down. I'm fighting two people, and then one of the guys... Um, somehow like trips me I fall backwards and then it just it went from like okay I'm gonna take these dudes out to like this is going downhill fast <laughs> yeah and uh again you know my, in in my upbringing I'm like I don't lose a fight win a fight whatever I'm just I'm a scrapper and, and I don't care and you get in my face and I used to get picked on and I'm like I was a little dude I wrestled 103 in high school but I was strong as an ox still am you better watch your back Come on, somebody. That's right. So I'm fighting, and it's going downhill fast. I'm in a conflict, all right? And then the next thing you know, I hit my head on the curb, and it, the wind gets knocked out of me, three dudes. And one of them says, I hear it very loud and clear, let's curb check him. Which, if you don't know what that is, it's like, I'm probably going to die. Put your mouth on the curb kick the back of your head. That's what a curb check is. And who knows, like, had God not intervened, I might not be standing here, but, but the grace and mercy of God. Amen. I don't know, man. I, there's, I could tell you a million stories about times I should not be here. You know, just stupid things that I did as a young man. Um, this is why I don't even allow my kids to leave the house ever. So, you know. <laughs> In the midst of this conflict, it's about ready to go down. It's already gone downhill, and it's ugly. It's like, I'm losing the battle. You ever been there in life, though, where you're losing the battle? Something that you fought and struggled with, and you're like, am I ever, Lord, am I ever going to overcome this? And all of a sudden, I hear a voice. It was the voice of my beloved bride who rolls up. You can take the girl out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the girl. Thank God for my backup. She says, he's a father. She was proclaiming who I was in the midst of this conflict, which 
woke these three guys up thinking, what are we doing? This is some guy that has kids and we're about ready to take his life. One time the Lord reminded me of that story and he said, the voice of your wife, the fierceness of her voice, the lioness, the sound of a woman watching her husband get a beat down. The same way that she proclaimed who you were in the midst of conflict. The Holy Spirit, in the midst of the things we struggle with in our weaknesses, tells us who we really are. I'll never forget when the Lord showed me this. I'm like, God. I mean, I'm thankful, but I'm also in awe of the jealous, fiery love of the Spirit that yearns over us that we would give him more and more of our hearts, more and more of our minds to renew our minds, to stop thinking we're some dirty, rotten sinner. But no, I'm not just a sinner saved by grace. I'm a saint being transformed and empowered by grace. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I've been washed. I've been regened. I've been renewed. The Lord didn't just take an old lump of clay and just dress it up pretty. Come on, he started new. He says, I'm going to make you brand new. I'm going to kill that old thing. And I'm not going to just take your personality. I'm just going to cut away the sin part because I want who you are, your uniqueness, your quality spices, your your sense of humor, come on, your heart's desires that are holy and pure, I'm going to make all those things come alive because I want you to know who you are so you can live without the conflict. I don't want to live in the conflict anymore. I don't want to be able to look in the mirror. I want to believe who he says I am. And if God can frame the world and the galaxies and everything that was made, how much more can his word fashion our hearts and minds to believe what he said about us? The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. He helps us. I almost fell down. Jesus, help me. He helps us in our weaknesses. He speaks to our identity in the midst of conflict, in the midst of struggle. And if you listen, you'll hear him tell you who you are. In Romans chapter 8, Paul is exemplifying the work of the Holy Spirit, which, of course, we we love and appreciate the, the gift of who he is, that the Holy Spirit lives within us, right? Amen. I mean, he'll never leave us. The Holy Spirit's like super glue. He'll never leave you. This is why when we pray, like, God be with us, God can't answer that prayer. He's already with you. Even if you're not saved, he's right there just waiting for you to give him access to your heart so he can move in and transform you. It's really simple. You just open your heart to his love. The work of the Spirit is, is so deep. And the primary, I believe the primary work of the Spirit is to really to tell us who we are. And I want to read that out of uh, Romans chapter 8. 
The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. You didn't receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. Hear me. But you've received the spirit of full acceptance. (laughs) Enfolding you into the family of God and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join with him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. I'll read that to you in the message. This resurrection life we've received is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is, and we know who we are, Father and children. And we know what we are going to get and what's coming to us an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through, and if we go through the hard times with him, we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. Can you say amen? The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Sometimes we look in the mirror and we're puzzled by what we see. But as we mature as sons and daughters, because we receive his love and we hear the Lord telling us in our innermost being, the, the, the word is like to bear witness. The Holy Spirit testifies to our spirit that we are beloved sons and daughters. The Holy Spirit tells you who you are, just like my wife. He's a father. By the way, as soon as she said that, the dude scattered. As soon as God speaks in your life, struggle's over. As soon as you hear and believe what he says about you. The Bible says the Lord will cause your enemies to be defeated before your face. They'll come out against you one way and flee seven ways. The struggle, the conflict, the battle, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you because you help me how does he help us? He, he takes that, hear me, that fractured mirror that we've been looking at our whole life, that maybe even other people in our life have empowered. Wow, you're just, that's why you were held back. You don't, you ain't going to graduate high school. You're, that's why you get kicked out of all these schools. You got learning disabilities. You're, you're dumb. That's a big fracture in my mirror. Well, your dad was never there for you, so you're just, you're an orphan here bastard. You don't have a dad. Another big, huge fracture. Multiple. You're abandoned. Guess what? You're going to be abandoned again. No, no. Those are all fractures in the mirror that we inherited in our fallenness. But guess what? We've been adopted. We've been chosen. And we've been accepted. And we will never be orphaned. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. 
and he will reveal to you who I am. And guess what? When we look at Jesus, we see the heart of our Abba that loves us. Just like the prodigal son story, he ran down to him while he was still a great way off. We always see the story in our minds because of our religiosity. The son came all the way home. No, he didn't. He was still a great way off. And the father chased him. See, the father's pursuing some of you in this room. Abba, daddy's pursuing you right now with a fierce, jealous love. And he's trying to tell you who you are. You're loved. You're accepted. Put down the fractured mirror. Put it away for good. Lay it on the altar. Pick the one up where you look in the mirror and you say, I am his beloved chosen. I am his favorite. Come on, somebody. I am precious in his sight. I am accepted. I'm beloved. I'm made new. I'm made in the image of God. The Spirit rises up within us. We know that we're, we don't have to go back again to fear and bondage. We don't have to go back to that. We just know that we're children of the living God. We're Abba's child. We have a daddy. And not only us, you know, this message, when we get this, and and we grow in this revelation of of God's love, but this message of identity, who God is and who we are, is how we can reach the world. Because when we know who we are, we know that there's a broken, hurting world out there, and we can tell them, you know what the gospel is? You have an Abba. And all you got to do is receive his love. Can you say amen? I want to pray for you. I'm just, I want you to know as a pastor, my heart is very dear to any message like this that just expresses the Father's love. And uh, I want to pray for anyone in this room. Maybe, and maybe you're in this place and it's like, well, you have, you have a dad, good dad, good mom, but we can still have orphan wounds. But maybe you're in this place and maybe... You, you grew up with one parent or no parents. Or the Lord is pouring out his healing oil to heal the father wound. He wants you to know that you're accepted and you're loved and he'll never leave you. He's a good father. He's a good father. He's so good. He's so faithful. And even in the midst of our struggles and conflict, right in the midst of it, tells us who we really are. Speak straight to our true identity because God knows who we really are. Can you say amen? Would you just bow your head and close your eyes? I want to pray for the love of the Father. Whether you're here in this building or watching online, I just pray for the tender affection, the healing oil, God's love to pour in right now. And all you got to do is let the fractured mirror go right now. Matter of fact, as a prophetic act, just, just drop it. I don't want it anymore. Now, if you're sensing the love of God pouring into you, I want you to just, with your eyes closed, just reach up and grab the mirror he gives you. Just grab it. Hold on to it. And just tell the Lord start looking in the mirror you gave me. Freedom now. Freedom now. You're accepted. You're beloved. And your father is so proud of you. 
got a daddy that loves you. Let's sing. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.